0: I feel rubbery, flat, and sad. sad. (laughs) (laughs) This is the Creative Double Shot, a conversation about building the creative life you want. I'm Jonathan.
1: And I'm Ginger. If you want more creativity in your life, let's talk.
0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Creative Double Shot. Welcome. Today, (laughs) we are talking about... I don't know if your work is finished. And uh we'll give you a TLDR at the end. Too long, didn't read. Oh. <laughs> um, which will essentially be I like, to think it. no one has any idea. <laughs> no, that's not true. Um, but yeah. Well, people have ideas. Oh, people have a lot of ideas. <laughs> yeah. And so the the idea is that we work through something and we get to a point where we either think it's finished or we feel like we need to do more and... Sometimes we go that extra mile to make it extra bad. Like we ruin a piece (laughs) by overworking it or, uh, you know, not going deep enough on a piece. So it's still not satisfying. And Mm. so just kind of wanted to talk about those couple states. And uh, yeah.
1: I like to really be at both ends of that spectrum.
0: Yeah. Underwork and overwork. No sweet middle. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) I'm with you. Uh, And it is tough. and, And I think, Sometimes the only way you can know is by taking something too far and going, yeah, I just totally ruined that. So as a writer, I like to keep drafts Mm. and then I forget and then I destroy it. And I'm like, where's that draft that it was not so destroyed that I can, (laughs) and then it's gone. But yeah, anyway, being able to have like digital stuff that you can have different save points makes it a lot less scary to overwork something. Yeah, I've definitely destroyed some short stories through overworking them, and especially based on feedback usually. Mm-hmm. It's like, kind of like this the way it is. Oh, but someone said this and someone said that, so I'm going to go in and do this, and I'm going to expand it, and I'm going to make this, and then it's just like this big hot pile of garbage, yes. steaming beet waste, as they would say out <laughs> yeah. in Ontario.
1: Oregon, yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so have you ever overworked a piece in your life?
1: No. <laughs> Mine are always fresh, and perfect as they are. Oh, that's nice.
0: That's nice for you. <laughs> what is that? How do you know? How do you know when you've overworked something?
1: Oh. I'm going to have an interesting time today because I feel like it's such an intuitive process, the Which knowing or the not knowing is part of the knowing. problem, right? It's part of the problem. Yeah, and of course I have rules I can apply to it in terms of what what is good design and all that kind of stuff, but there's definitely it definitely is a feeling in the gut like oh yeah dang it
0: I like the the thing that comes to mind when I've overworked something is turgid that's always a Ooh. good one just like oh god t- yeah it's gross <laughs> uh just because it's it's just so overloaded with stuff and trying to do everything and bloated and uh oh interesting yeah know. and plus it's just a horrible word to have to hear someone say out loud that's <laughs> It's good. It's going to be the name of the episode. Well, uh, Nicholas Wilton, I <laughs> uh, was reading his blog. This guy, if you don't know, he's a fairly accomplished painter. Uh, he's an abstract painter yeah. and he teaches a ton of people his sort of technique, his approach to it. And uh, in, on one level, he's very successful, but he talks about, you know, as an artist, he's like, I feel like I overwork my stuff and like I do maybe like three or four paintings per painting. And he yeah. said that he knows when he goes past what he was working on. When it, it was when it becomes a new painting, is when he knows he's overworked it. It's like okay, I have gotten, but but he can't help himself and he continues to keep right. going. And yeah. it's like oh yeah, yeah,
1: because you're having fun, you're in there.
0: And I was thinking too, like you know, if you stumble on a technique or something and you decide, well, I want, I want more of this, you know, the more I, more is better. And and I think it applies to any art. Like uh, I think of guitar solos is a good one, right? Where if you're trying to cram all the notes in your guitar solo, it's like, oh my gosh, like, you know, apologies to Eddie Van Halen and <laughs> eruption. But, you know, this idea that, you know, less is more and giving it space. And, and I think it does apply to, to most art in that if we know what we're trying to do, then it makes it easier to give that thing space to emerge from your artwork, right? As opposed to like, well, I'm not sure what I'm trying to do. So I'm going to try and do this. I'm going to try and do this. I'm going to try, try and do this. And now I've got and that that's kind of where I am in my novel right, right. now. It's so like, I'm trying to do a lot of stuff, and there's probably not enough space, so.
1: Yeah, I definitely love to do that in in the painting process.
0: I was wondering how, like, uh, symmetry or balance, not symmetry is probably not the right word, but balance, you know, where your composition mm-hmm. can speak to that sometimes, probably, where if you're like, well, there's a lot of stuff in the bottom left corner yeah. of this thing, and there's not, that's why I was hesitant to use the gears. word symmetry, yeah. but. But the idea that, you know, there's balance, somehow it's balanced. And uh, and I know with visual art, we've talked about the idea of, you know, like, oh, have your eye having a place to rest. Unless your intent is to really scramble someone's brain, right? You yeah. Know, I think of some of the Pollock stuff if you want to go like super popular, but some of his stuff is really frenetic and mm-hmm. not very calming. And I don't want to have something hanging in my house that every time I look at it. I just think of like that dark, fuzzy comic cloud above someone's head, you know. I just feel all... <laughs> i feel very anxious. Yeah, right now. <laughs> exactly. So.
1: Yeah, so then you you're getting audience into it too. So Instagram has, boy, really changed the landscape of trying to figure out because on an impulse you like something, and you, I'm going to post this, and see what kind of response. Like sometimes I. Don't feel like it's done. And I just want to kind of see what kind of response I get to it. Yeah. But the problem is, I think I'm impervious. I don't even think I am. In some <laughs> rare moment, I mean, I don't know. Anyway, you think you can separate somehow that. I think I'll be able to separate it. And then, of course, some people make comments and then I'm like, oh, well. And so I just remember, and I've probably said it before, but something Picasso said about with they say they like it you're stopped. And if they say they don't like it, you're stopped either way. That's right. And I just think that whole like call and response yeah, situation that we have going on with social media is has changed the landscape.
0: It's true. Uh, and that, you know, thinking just about critiques in general, whether they're on social media or whether you have a critique group or, you know, friends or a cadre, whatever, the idea that once you get feedback, especially when you get feedback that is not out of left field, but not when it's something that you hadn't considered. You're like, "Oh man, yeah, right. I could do that, or I should do that." And
1: uh, oh, and it might get you off your, bu- or it might get you off your bus route.
0: That's that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you're suddenly in Amsterdam or something. I, <laughs> we don't remember what episode that was, but that was a pretty good analogy. Um, yeah, it, and so that's an interesting part of all this too. Is we sometimes we look externally for someone to tell us when something is done, is it done?
1: Yeah. Uh, if somebody says they're going to buy it, well, I guess it's done.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, right. And, and that's a that's an interesting thing that you say, because another thing that helps determine things are done or timelines, if you're bound to them, right? So if you're an author with a contract and you have a book deal and you have to have these done by whenever, you know, published dates and stuff. So it's like, well, it's as done as it can be, which in some ways is super liberating because it's like, well, it's as good as it can be. And and we'll get into this a little bit later, but the idea of things never being done, mm. but yeah, so there's the, the the possibility that you can overwork stuff, and and I think the way I know when I've overworked stuff, when I read something, there's like a, a dissatisfaction. It's like like the the magic that spawned that piece to begin with. Like I've done that where I had this piece, I was really excited about it, and. And I worked it over and over again because I thought it was so close to being, it it got a few nibbles for getting published. And I was like, okay, I just need to make it a little better. Just need to make it a little better. i got some feedback. All right. And then by the time I was done with it, it was like, I don't even like this story. And it's not because it's not because the idea itself was bad. It was because the thing that I was focusing on when I wrote it became no longer the focus of Mm. that story. And so I, I think about that story a lot and not that I want to go back and write it, but just like, oh yeah, this whole thing, it was originally written to be a, a mood piece. It was for a publication and they were doing a, the theme that they were asking for for their submissions for the next uh, issue was to evoke mood. So I wrote this thing and and it almost got there and it didn't, but it was all good. And But then I was like, well, I, surely I can sell this somewhere else. And then I got this feedback from writing groups and and eventually it just it like ballooned to twice its size, and <laughs> oh. <laughs> and you know I was trying to give it more depth and all this stuff, and it was just like, I don't even like this story anymore, so, yeah, so that's a, a overwork the dough that's right, and then when you overwork the dough, what happens? It gets rubbery, yeah, and you don't, you don't get fluffy flat biscuits
1: and sad. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I feel rubbery, flat, feel and sad. sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so this, I, this I, is I think a that's a new pretty year's cool. resolution. Po- oh, no. <laughs> well, and the thing I loved about Nicholas Wilton was the idea that, you know, here's a guy who is, which I mentioned, very successful in what he does as a teacher and, and I think also as an artist, right? But he still struggles with the same things that everyone does. And, and I think the, the only way that you can really know if you've overworked something is to continue to do your work. And eventually you'll you'll be like, I'm starting to head into overworking territory. You know, like anything, if you can, if you can identify that point in time and just be like, I'm going to hands hands off off. it and know that right now, this is the best, this is going to be, you know, maybe I come back to it later. Uh, That's a possibility and work it. But uh...
1: I love the idea of starting another one with, and then I'm not good at modeling this as much as I am at thinking about it, but starting another one with that same idea, you know, I have artist friends who turn it against the wall for- Yeah. So you're just not even looking at it and considering it. Exactly. And I have trouble doing that. I feel bad for them against the wall, like uh, not against the wall, but I feel bad for them turned backwards. So- Think about them taking a nap. Oh, it's nap time for (laughs) you, little painting.
0: We'll see you in a week.
1: That's true because I do have this sense that I have too many paintings- Kind of hanging around looking creates, at
0: creates, yeah, creates anxiety too. <laughs> well, that's interesting, you know? And so like trying to figure out ways to build in mechanisms to give you that space to reconsider your work. And this is a nice segue into when you don't bake your work enough, when it's underdone, mm-hmm. right? And there are times where, I was thinking about your Instagram stuff, where you're going through and you hit on something and it just really gets you going and then you stop and share stuff on Instagram or share with anybody because you're excited about it, there's this possibility that someone will be like, no, that's, oh, it's perfect. Is it done or whatever? And, and it maybe causes you to second guess where you're like, well, maybe I shouldn't do any more work on it because someone else said that they thought it was perfect the way it is.
1: Exactly. Yes.
0: And, uh, I, I don't know for, for visual art because I can like, we've all seen paintings that are very spare, but beautiful, right? You know, uh, abstracts, landscapes, whatever. And they don't need to have a bunch of stuff in them. But whereas writing, I think, can also be spare. But writing also needs to, for at least for me, to enjoy it, it, needs to have layers. Even if it's, even if the writing is spare, there there has to be subtext. There has to be all these things in there. And so I feel like sometimes it's a little scary to kind of try and get into those to those layers because again, you might ruin it. And so maybe you back off, or you're just so busy getting the idea down on paper that it doesn't have any of that stuff that's in your head. Like you imagine all this stuff in your head, you get it down on paper, you write it, and then you, you read it, you take that break, you know, put your paintings to the wall as it were, come back to it and go, my gosh, this is just like a, <laughs> it's like a triptych. Some guy, not, not in the artistic sense, but I was thinking of the old uh, AAA triptych. So oh, like, right, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to Arizona, make me a triptych, AAA. And they would, they would, and then you'd, anyway. <laughs> but basically, it's just like a like eight. We're aging eight.
1: ourselves here.
0: That's right. I'm aging as I speak this. It's awful. Uh, but it's basically like this uh, travel log, right? Oh, the character went here, and then they did this, and then they went here, and then they did this. And I was like, oh, I was just trying to get the story down, which again is where I am with my novel right now and uh, realizing how much of that subtext that's in my head never made it onto the paper. Mm. So I have this, it's an unfinished thing. And um I was reading this article on Lit Reactor, and this editor was talking about how there are three times that your novel is finished. And there's one is the first draft. Get that first draft done. That is a milestone. You have finished it. Yes. The next one is when you uh, do all that editing and start submitting it, and you think, okay, I'm done. So I'm submitting it now. And then the third time your novel is done is when you, if you get it accepted by publishing house, then you have to go through the editorial process there. It's a good illustration of how. I think it's better to look at it as phases as opposed to, is it done? Is it done? Is it done? It's like, okay, well, this is what I'm I'm doing. Like, at least for writing it, I think it can be a little mechanical this way where it's like, all right, I'm getting the story down. I'm working on my subtext. I'm polishing this up. Mm. Um, And then, you know, if you're working with an editor. But the idea that it's not like, well, you work to a point and then you just cut it off and it's done forever. I think, again, it kind of taps into a lot of those uh, myths of, about like, oh, I have this fully formed idea in my head, I got it out and it's done, you know? And, and we, I think especially when we're starting out with our creative practice, that's what we want to happen. And then we get disillusioned
1: when Yay. it doesn't
0: come out well, but it's because it's not done. Like you haven't really put the work and effort and time into really getting it done. I think of, you know, like the, the works that we see, we imagine, you know, sculptors like chipping away from... I got up this morning and I started chipping away. And at the end of the day, I had this beautiful statue of David. It was amazing. You know, when in fact, probably worked practice on a bunch of practice Davids, you know, got a bunch like, they never show the picture of Michelangelo with his pile of broken heads behind him or, or whatever was falling (laughs) off of David at that given time. Um, But yeah, I just, I just thinking about that. And, and, uh, but I can see that that could be a reason that a lot of stuff is underdone because A, we, we want it to be finished. like. This same article was talking about people who self-publish, and a lot of people are so excited to get their stuff out there that they put out very under-edited work, like on Amazon Marketplace, because they're excited and they want to get it out there. Yeah. When if it doesn't do well, it's like, well, it's because people start reading it. They're like, oh my gosh, you know, compared to the books I read that are well put together, this doesn't measure up and I'm not going to spend my time and money.
1: You know, still, I have this expectation sometimes that things are going to just come out the way I want them to, or I don't know, even sometimes I don't even have a fully formed idea, but I just know when it comes out that, well, that wasn't it. (laughs) That's true. And so, (laughs) but I think it's really hard for everyone at every stage. Like, for instance, I'm reading a poetry book right now that- By whom? Mary Oliver (laughs) has a book about (laughs) writing poetry. And she's saying, you know, I've only read the first like 10 pages. But so I people. love her. Yeah. So anything she says true. is she awesome. Does love her. <laughs> anyway, but she's talking about how, you know, we have this creative person inside of us, this poet or whatever. And people just again expect that your poems are just going to fall out of you and not need to be edited and not need to be thought over. And so I'm trying to apply that to my painting process too of and I found some notes I took in a workshop once, like, if you don't get the result you want the first time. Do it 10 more times yeah. at least until you know how that material reacts with another material and on that surface and yeah. until you really know. And again, and so that gets back to the process of like we all have this idea that we should always know at every stage. And I like your idea of breaking it into Little bits, like okay, well, this is the pro- part of the process where I try something over and over and over again. Yeah. I'm not working towards a finished product.
0: Yeah, you just recognize it. Well, and you you are though, right? Like you're still working towards a finished product. <laughs> right. It's just a, it's just not the way you'd like it to happen, right? Yeah. Um, one thing that you mentioned, I think you were reading from the beginning of that as well, was that Mary Oliver talks about that we like our creativity is inside us, and the more we sit down to do it. The more it's going to blossom and become less shy. It was shy right, the word yeah. that she used.
1: Yeah, cautious. There was you the go. Word. Yeah,
0: and uh, and I love that because I think that's so true. You know, if you sit down for the first time and you go to paint, and it's like, well, this is crap. I, <laughs> I'm just going to put it all away. I'm no good at this. Versus if you sit down for thirty days or sixty days or what you know whatever it is, but continue to show up. And I just think that's a nice little aside to all this. Is that the things that keep us from finishing a work oftentimes is our own dissatisfaction with it? But I think that's also a good indicator that there's more to learn, more to do, yeah. and that the more you do it, the, you know, this goes back to the whole idea of a practice. But anyway, yeah. I thought that was kind of cool, and I think it's applicable to to this. Um,
1: so feelings are important, but also knowledge, and the only way you get the knowledge is by button the chair, doing you know
0: yeah 100% and so the challenge is right to like well when do i switch from underbaking it to overcooking <laughs> it and and just like in real baking it's probably like a 2 minute window <laughs> exactly no. uh,
1: i know i've been baking for years i am an avid baker i yeah. would say and i only just really learned i mean I, I knew that from experience but i'd never read that before that somebody on you know put in their blog 1 minute too long in the oven makes a difference between a moist and a dry cake. And And it seems so simple. Like, of course I knew that, like knew it, but somehow reading that connected the intellectual and the knowing (laughs) experience dots, you know, like,
0: I don't know. I'm not as avid a baker as Ginger, but I also, I know that I'm impatient. So like when when you get to the end of a cycle, the timer goes off, you go check it, it's not done.
1: Mm. It's
0: like, I don't want to do five one-minute increments. <laughs> I just put in for five more minutes. <laughs> you know, but that, that patience, again, comes back to, or having impatience also, I think, results in people putting their work out there too mm. early. It's and, actually
1: a really good analogy. I didn't even mean it to be an analogy.
0: <laughs> it's, all, it's all baked in. Oh, oh man. You've, <laughs> you're here at the Dad Jokes podcast. Right. So, okay. And we're not obviously giving you any like hard here's how you know when your work is done because (laughs) man the other thing i came across was an article from uh, author news which is a penguin random house uh blog and uh i found this article and it was like well how do you know when your work's done and then they had all these people answer and good lord it was a (laughs) it was a mosaic of answers and which which indicates that it's different for everybody you know so we were like intuition uh, subconscious, uh, you know, because then I know I'm, you know, I, I don't think there is a hard and fast answer, which goes back to the beginning of the podcast. So the too long didn't read, there's no good answer. to how to know when your work is done. It's, this is all a big bunch of clickbait people. Uh, but it's an interesting thing because I think that, like we talked about the, the continuing to show up and do your work, finishing your projects is really important because that gives you a benchmark for what feels like done and what doesn't feel like done. Whereas if you start stuff and never finish it, you'll never know. I mean, well, you'll always never be finished. Right. (laughs) Whoa. Never not be afraid.
1: (laughs) But you made a really good point earlier, earlier, before we were on the podcast.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Not on the podcast, just earlier. Earlier. Yeah.
1: About confidence and about being willing to know what your intention is Mm, and to be confident about the direction you're going. So that when you do look at something, you just get to the point where you go, well, I don't know if it's done or not. And that's okay. I'm not going to fret about it. I'm moving on to the next thing. Or when somebody says, well, what about blah, blah, blah? Shouldn't you add more blue over here? Mm -hmm. No, because that's not what I want.
0: Right. I think one caveat in that is that you don't have to know exactly what you want to do when you first set out. But as you go through, like I think probably with your paintings, right, eventually things start, if you're painting intuitively, things start to take shape. And then you kind of get an idea of like, okay, well, this is, this is what I want this to do now. And that's the same thing with my writing. Like I usually have a storyline in mind, but in terms of sort of the, all that stuff I was talking about, the subtext and everything, I don't necessarily know what that is when I set out. I just, you know, I'm trying to tell a, a story and then, the, then what layers need to happen as I write occur to me because I see the relationships that develop between characters and stuff like that yeah and it's uh it's anyway so
1: i I also realize that because i like to overthink yeah that i may have sounded just now like i would not accept criticism once i got to a certain point of being confident like nope you're wrong and you know i think criticism is a hugely important part of the process right i think probably needs to be a podcast it does
0: because the, the classic question there is like well what do i do with all this criticism you know and and even if it's good doesn't mean it's going to be helpful right like right. if it's well intentioned it doesn't mean that it's going to lend itself to you it can help you shape what you want it can open up doors for you and all that kind of stuff and that's fine but if you have a pretty good idea like i wouldn't submit stuff to be critiqued unless i already had a pretty good idea of what i want it to be so then i when i get that criticism i can know what's applicable and what's not and also be able to consider stuff but also within the rubric of my own goals and uh whatever the
1: what what are they rubric
0: yeah the the one last thing i wanted to say about never being finished there uh i I have this editing book but it talks about um you know a famous classical artist i think it might be virginia wolf she wrote a book put it out there and then it had done its run they were doing another printing and she wound up making edits between the printings because she didn't like the one that actually got published. And so I think there's truth to that. And and I think it goes back to your, your thing about space and, you know, giving the art a break. So you have time to kind of be away from it and consider it. And I think that's true for most things, you know, that's like, well, you're always seeing something. Well, now that I'm looking at it two years later, I feel like this could be different. or Mm -hmm. I wish I'd done that. And, uh, and so it's okay if you feel like you're not really done, but if it's, I, I, I still go back to the, the satisfying, like, as a whole, is this thing satisfying? Yeah, you can nitpick word choice or you can nitpick, you know, character reaction, but the whole story as a thing, does it does it hang together well? Is it, you know, is it meaty? All those sorts of things, so.
1: Yeah, there was an artist who used to steal paintings off of people's, his friend's walls that had his paintings. They would oh. He would come over for dinner and then they, <laughs> the painting would be gone and he had, would have taken it back to his studio to <laughs>
0: so do some more work, work on it. That's awesome.
1: <laughs> I can't remember who that
0: was. <laughs> Which is funny. I, I, and I think that like that energy, it's cool when it's very indicative of our nature, just people in general. It's like, cause we're always trying to make things a little better, or whatever, you know, oh, I've just built this thing. I feel like I can, you know, build, the, build this other thing attached to it to make it better. Or I can make my car go faster. Or I can, you know, make my house less- drafty. Grafty. Grafty. <laughs> yeah. No, a house, is a, a house is a great example because there are always projects. I think, <sighs> yeah, the house could always be a little bit better. And now we're moving. Um, anyway, we're not. He was just No. <laughs> I think you can take that energy though and channel it into new projects. Like if yeah. you're like, ah, oh, I'm, I'm dissatisfied. Well, man- it's time. And that's another one too. Like it's a challenge with knowing when you're finished. Sometimes people jump from project to project because they, the new shiny and that, that's more exciting and they leave the other one behind. And again, that makes it difficult to finish stuff. So anyway, it's a, it's a And big, we're
1: back to starters and finishers and- That's right. right uh, potters, potters and pancers. Plotters
0: and- planters and potters. <laughs> I think these guys work together, don't they? Potting shed. <laughs> anyway. Um, Yes, so this,
1: just like the creative process, this discussion is an ongoing creation in itself.
0: It know? is. Yeah. I, <laughs> I agree. And so now what we'll do, I know it's not finished because I got to go and edit out all the clicks and pops and the stutters and whatnots. But it's never perfect. But, you know, we do have a deadline. So that's a nice way to go Oh, This podcast is done. And <laughs> yeah. hopefully it comes across as somewhat of a polished product to you guys.
1: Yeah. Hope As you, always, get in there.
0: Don't forget to finish your work. Mm. Take it to the... But
1: don't overfinish
0: it. But, ah, overfinish it if you don't want. Don't underbake it. It's, they're, they're all <laughs> mistake-attunities now. They're, they're all opportunities, right? I mean, no matter what yeah. you do, that's, that goes back to the process. The whole creative process is just mm-hmm. a way of mm-hmm. exploring big, and learning. messy, fun... Yeah. Get
1: your hands in the clay.
0: Awesome. Well, we'll see you uh, next time on the Creative Double Shot.
1: See ya.